That's right. You are tuning in to In the Huddle. Can you dig sports radio? In the Huddle Sports Radio, EP 278. And we on time. I was on time today. Zach was on time today. And we not playing today. I mean, week one is in the books. Obviously, we did an episode yesterday. But I'm glad to have Zach on because I know Zach watched the games and had a lot of fun watching the games. I know he has a lot to say about what transpired in week one. And you know, around this time, Zach, we get to these overreactions. We're going to overreact to some teams and some games that we see. Hell, one of the biggest debates that we ever had here on the show, and we had a lot of them, but I would say arguably probably the biggest one was week one when Tom Brady was playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first time against the New Orleans Saints. Threw three interceptions in that game. Now, I remember, Zach, I'm pretty sure you appreciate me for this. When you said the career is done, it's over. He's finito. He's washed. Of course, Tom Brady went on to win a Super Bowl that year. But that comes with the sport. It comes with the game. It comes with the radio talk. And that's why we're here for it. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be takes this year, probably for myself or you or Zay, where we're going to come back and say, ah, yeah, we overreacted. But nevertheless, Zach, we had a game on last night. I can't wait to talk about that. I can't wait to talk about the other stuff that we have here on the show. Let's get it in. Zach Attack, how you feeling? Yeah, well, what's going on, man? Happy to be here as always. And it's crazy. That's two years ago now, just about to the day uh, where we recorded that show. And I remember exactly what you were talking about. Obviously, uh, Brady throws a, a pick six in that game. And it's crazy, ironically enough. He still hasn't beaten the Saints with the Bucs in the regular season, but he'll have a chance to do that uh, this week as Tampa Bay will head to New Orleans. But yeah, dude, what a game last night. What a week uh, of the NFL. It's so great to have it back. Nothing better than waking up on a Sunday and uh, just getting ready for all these games. Then at one o'clock, they come, they deliver. Also, just a crazy amount of upsets this week between the 49ers going down, the Colts and the Texans tie, the Bengals go down. Obviously, last night's game, the Titans lose to the Giants. I feel like there were a lot of I like heads, head, eyes, eye popping results, I, I should say, that uh, went on during week one. And as you said, yeah, we're going to see. Uh, what we should overreact to, which we shouldn't overreact to. And uh, yeah, I'm just about ready to get into it. Let's do it. And away we go with our first topic here on today's show. As Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson agrees with the call to attempt the 64-yard field goal to end the game. Is Nathaniel Hackett solely to blame for the Broncos' loss and spoiling Russell Wilson's return to Seattle? And Zach, if you want to do the honors and kick us off, go right ahead. All right, well, so in my opinion, last night, the Denver Broncos looked like a billion-dollar mess. Now, there's obviously a ton of blame that should go on Nathaniel Hackett, and I'm going to get into that later. But I put a lot of the blame on Russell Wilson as well. Russell has preached a lot. We spoke about it last week, this partnership. And I said it. The NBA is about partnerships. That's what Kevin Durant wants. It's what Kyrie Irving wants. They just want to show up and tell the coach exactly what to do. Even in baseball, like most managers today have zero power. It's all the general managers that are making the lineup for them. They control the pitching rotation. But in the NFL, Andy Reid tells Patrick Mahomes where to throw the ball, where to throw the ball. Bill Belichick forever told Tom Brady what to do and where to throw the ball. And if you really want to let, let Russ cook, well, last night, I mean, they handed him some flame and yawn on that final drive. And this dude moved with just the urgency of a snail. I mean, what was that? I think it's easy to crush Nathaniel Hackett for obviously just a terrible sick, uh, call to go for a 64-yard field goal, which is close to the NFL record. It might even be tied for the NFL record over 
for a play on fourth and five. Like that's a brutal decision. And yes, that's a big reason why they lost. And Nathaniel Hackett is a big reason why I picked the Broncos to finish last in the NFC West, because you'll get last night's the AFC West. I should say you'll get last night's game. Pete Carroll is a hall of fame coach. And even though, we sometimes nitpick with Pete Carroll and his coaching decisions. The, the gap between him and Nathaniel Hackett is so wide, not only in terms of accomplishments, but I think in terms of their, uh, in terms of on the field as well. And yet we could argue uh, about that Super Bowl and Pete Carroll and, and uh, like the game last night about it being their Super Bowl. He, uh, he just beat a great player, probably the best player in the history of their franchise. They traded away. But Russell Wilson wanted out of Seattle. They didn't like each other anymore. Russell Wilson doesn't want to play like Josh Allen or the younger version of Russell Wilson anymore, where he's just out here running the ball. He wants to play in the pocket. And when you look at like the credit that goes to him of being like the thrower of the football. I feel like he just wants to throw the ball 40 times a game and get some MVP votes. And I feel like most MVPs, if they were in that same situation that Russell Wilson was in last night, he w- they would have led their team down the field for a score. Russell Wilson even dumped the ball short on third down, about seven yards short of the first down line. And there are plenty of other quarterbacks that if they did that same thing, we would have just crushed them for it. And in the history of the league, every single one of the great quarterbacks have had great coaches to put them in a position to succeed. And I'm not overreacting like Russell Wilson blew the game. I think he was fine for the most part, even though he was outplayed by Geno Smith, but he made some big plays here and there. But like, let's be real. The Broncos fumbled the ball twice on the one yard line. I'm not going to blame Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett for that, but what it could have should have, they could have won the game. If they score there, they couldn't take care of the ball and Seattle played well, but Despite all the mistakes Denver had to make, they had a chance to win the game late with their big quarterback trying to come up clutch. And it's not like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor were on the other side of the field. I just think the lack of urgency on that last drive was so bad. And I understand that people are going to make some excuses for the Broncos. Oh, it was Russell Wilson's first game, Nathaniel Hackett's first game as a head coach. They'll learn, they'll get better. But this is why I was hesitant uh, on the Broncos Uh, going into the season because none of these players have ever won anything in the NFL. All the guys that Denver has brought in and drafted and yeah, like Nathaniel Hackett, he deserves a lot of blame, but at the end of the day, I I think Russell Wilson deserves a lot of the blame as well. Uh, They're a partnership. Russell Wilson views him as an equal. And uh, I think when the Broncos lose these games like this in just head scratching fashion, both parties deserve some major blame here. I mean, I think to start us off here with my lap, I think any time we should take what Russell Wilson is saying with a grain of salt, right? When he talks about agreeing with the call. Yeah, I'm taking that with a grain of salt. This is the same guy who went from saying go Hawks to Broncos country. Let's ride. This is the same guy that quietly acts, you know, before he actually forced his way out. I don't want to be traded. But if you trade me, these are the (laughs) eight to 10 teams I would like to go to. And of course, a year later after that, he fired the gun. He forced his way out. So I'm not buying that. You know, I'm pretty sure if there was a script that he could have drew up, it was him having that ball driving down the field with a chance to beat the team that um he played for in his homecoming. But clear that didn't happen. And a lot of reasons why it didn't happen. Main reasons why is Nathaniel Hackett. Now, you did make some good points about, you know, you're not blaming him for some of the red zone mishaps. Claire, I agree with you there. You know, fumbling on the one-yard line. I mean, come on, that's football one-on-one. 
you learn that in college. You learn that in high school. So um, if you can't do that and protect the ball, then I'm not sure how much playing time you're going to get Mr. Melvin Gordon. He was one of the people that did that. And right now, looking at Javante Williams, I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing less and less of Melvin Gordon because Javante Williams is looking like a complete stud out there on the football field with his running abilities. But with that being said, it comes down to situational football, clock management, game management. As a coach, that's one of the best attributes you can have because there's going to be games like this that is going to come down to the wire and he just fired the ball. He missed the ball on this one because you had an opportunity to drive down the football field. You said a point about, you know, Russell Wilson threw a short pass on third down. Yeah, but I felt that the Seattle Seahawks defense was taking away everything from down the football field and allowing them to bite and move down the field methodically with some of those short passes and i'm pretty sure on fourth and five had they opt to do what they did on a previous play they probably would have got the first down so it's like they were giving the broncos an opportunity to slow drive down the football field chew at the clock and win a game with a field goal that would have been much closer than that 64 yard field goal that they ultimately kicked but unfortunately they blew the time they had a minute left to go I stepped away from the TV, came back. I see 40 seconds left. Them at the same spot. I'm like, what the hell just happened? And they called the timeout and they decided to kick the field goal. And that's why he lost the game. He hasn't kicked the field goal, I believe, over 61 yards. And kickers are 2-41 and 41 on kicks of 64 yards or longer. I'm not even sure if I would have had Justin Tucker out there. And Claire, he's done every right to be in that position where you trust him because he's the goat field goal kicker of all time. But even playing the mathematics and probability on that, I'm not sure if I would have did it with yeah, him. Yeah, it was fourth and five, you know, not fourth and 15. Like, it was exactly. completely manageable. So it was manageable. He decided to not put the ball in Russell Wilson's hand, and that's why he has to take the blame and the major blame for this game because even though Russell Wilson did not look all that great, Geno Smith, I thought I performed him. It was to be expected. I didn't expect Russell Wilson, I said on the record, to come and just automatically fit in with this team, new system, new teammates. I, I almost expected what I saw from Brady, but just a little bit better. And you know, Stafford, Brady when right? he went, yeah, and Stafford, as, exactly. So I didn't really expect anything for Russ anyway. And Claire, I was right to expect nothing major from him, but I expected Nathaniel Hackett to at least no situational football, which he clearly doesn't. And my last point before I send the rock to you is if Russ is going to continue to cook in the future, Nathaniel Hackett is going to have to deliver the food. Little Shadamas on the mic. Yeah, man. I mean, the reason why I blame Russell Wilson too, and I agree with you, like he didn't play that badly. Like it wasn't his best, one of his better games. It wasn't one of his worst games, but like, why is Nathaniel Hackett the head coach of the Broncos? I know it was to get Aaron Rodgers, but clearly he's not a guy that could tell Russell Wilson what to do. Like, you know, like coaching still matters. We've been saying for a while that the Broncos have one of the more talented rosters in the league and that, that they're a quarterback away. But realistically, you just said it, it's not that easy. And last night, man, I give Seattle a lot of credit. I feel like from the get-go, they came out ready to play. Pete Carroll wanted this game really badly, as we know. And Seattle still has some talent. And we're going to get into some uh, buying, selling takes later. But there are plenty of teams that I didn't expect to be too hot this season that came out on Sunday and re or this weekend and really played well. And uh, Seattle was one of them. Penny was making plays. Metcalf was making plays. Geno was making plays. Even some guys on their defense, even without – uh, Jamal Adams came up clutch. So props to the Seahawks. A uh, really nice effort in week one. I mean, look, 
you said the point, and I think it's the granddaddy point of them all because Claire, the power move was made to bring in Hackett for one reason. It was to coach Aaron Rodgers. But even with Aaron Rodgers, let's say Aaron Rodgers hypothetically chose to go to Denver, you can't be kicking a field goal 64 yards and not putting the ball in his hands. So whether it be Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you don't give them the ball to win the game in this facet, in this situation, you're cooked regardless. So, you know, that's that. Either way, they would have been, you know, searching for answers because clearly he didn't know what to do in the fourth quarter. But I do want to pivot a little bit to Geno Smith here. Geno, whoa, I have to, bro. Geno, man, that dude is a stud. I don't care what nobody say. Geno can still play. I think he showed that. Yeah, there was a few things that he could have got corrected. We know his limitations. We know he's not the perfect build a big quarterback. But I love what I saw. The first half, he was stout. 13 straight completions. I believe on his first 13 attempts, I thought that was efficient, clear. And um, just a few things like throwing across his body. Is a few that one throw that was dropped, right? Yeah. It, went right it, was, it was dropped. Yeah. It actually was accurate, yeah. even though it was one of those, wait, what are you doing? Oh, well, you know, he could have caught that. You know, it was like that. And another instance or a couple of them where I felt that he could have moved in and stepped into the pocket to help his lineman out. You know, the pocket of redness a little bit, I thought was a little bit off, especially with a, a offensive line that's trying to build up and build itself back up. And I thought they did a fairly good job in this game. You know, one thing about Russ in the pocket, he has good pocket awareness. He knows how to freestyle, you know, when the pocket breaks down and, you know, sometimes he don't take sacks like that. So those are one of the few nu nuances that I think the Seahawks will miss from Russell um, Wilson. But at the same time, that can be fixed by watching film and realizing that, all right, I need to fix this. I got to help my big men out. And I'm pretty sure he will get that knickknack. And listen, Seattle could be a team that even though I said they're going to bottom out, you know, the Cardinals are not looking that great. The 49ers, I'm not going to overreact to a game that was played in a typhoon with a rookie quarterback. But still, you never know what could happen. Trey Lance may or may not be that guy. I don't even think we have our answers yet. Right in one game, did not show us anything. So we knows who knows there. The Rams came out sluggish. They looked like Sean McVay looked like he went to the club and forgot his playbook the night before the game. Well, yeah. That looked like a mess. So Seattle could be one of those interesting teams, especially because they're well balanced. They play defense. I know they lost Jamal Adams. That's going to be big. But at the same time, I like the fact that they run. They ran the ball with Shaw Penny had a few, you know, explosive runs that were called back because of penalties. You're going to get the rookie that you drafted. Can it walk it back at some point? Watch out for Seattle. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I think for me, like looking at their team and I'll, I just lost a thought, but going into the game, like, yeah, I agree with you. They uh, weren't really projected by many to do that well, but every team in the NFL still has some playmakers. They do as well. And when you look at that, the atmosphere last night, that's another thing that really stood out to me. We know Seattle is one of the best home field advantages in the league. And even like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling the game, it, it made Monday night football feel even bigger. And uh, yeah, just what a game last night. And when you look at this uh, from Seattle's perspective, man, they, they wanted that game really badly. So uh, props to them. And oh yeah, Seattle's now is going to be, the, they're the only team in the NFC West that won week one. So they're sitting at one and oh, everyone else sitting at zero and one. And uh, this week they got a big trip to uh, San Francisco against Trey Lance and the 49ers. I'm looking forward to that one. And I'm curious, like 
that kind of smells like a letdown spot for Seattle for me. But like, if they could back this up and do it again, yeah, they, they, they'll prove something. My last point on this topic, Zach, is actually a question that I want to lob your way. Claire, hey, I heard it being talked about in the media, on social media as well, in the comments, on Instagram. I get my reactions after you. My question is, you've seen Wilson Wilson get booed. A lot of people is making a big deal out of it, saying that, you know, Wilson Wilson gave his all to the franchise. What are your thoughts on the fans booing him? Should we make a big deal out of it? Do you side with the fans? Do you side with Russell Wilson? How do you view that whole situation? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And as did I, I saw a lot of people with uh, different opinions on it. I do respect the Seattle fans for booing Russell Wilson and letting him hear it just because it kind of felt to me at the end, things were getting really sour. And my thing about Russell Wilson was like, you mentioned it when he said, Oh, I don't want to be traded, but if you were to trade me, these are the teams I want to go to. Like when you're pulling moves like that, he didn't admit he wanted to be traded, but we all know he really did want to be traded. And we know that especially as Russ has gotten more famous and his career has taken off, he's, I don't want to say he's changed, but at least publicly he has, he he's acted a little differently. And like, like when you look at that Seattle team, right. That, that won the Super Bowl, uh, Richard Sherman and, and Doug Baldwin and, and Cam Chancellor. And for a good four or five year stretch, I only know they won uh, one ring and, and they made it back the next year, but that was, they were a great team. And it's interesting last night that all those guys, Sherman Baldwin, they're on Twitter going nuts that the Seahawks won. They were so excited. And, and it seems to me that, no one from that Seahawks Super Bowl team really likes the guy. And then we see videos of him, you know, fake high-fiving everyone when he's walking out the door. Uh, we see the video last year of him doing that that huddle in Pittsburgh with a broken finger, and he was, like, projecting that a whole, like, game-winning drive pregame, and he was even, like, celebrating. Like, he's a weird dude. And, and it tells me something that those Seahawks players last night, they wanted that game badly. Pete Carroll, they, he, he wanted that game badly. And I bet th- that win last night meant so much to the fans – for them to beat the guy that that just left. And I know he did a lot for the franchise, but you and I both know like the defense uh, in that Super Bowl was really the main reason why they won. They were the best part of that team. And I give Russ credit. I think his, he's obviously gotten better as his career has gone on, but it just felt like the last few years in Seattle, something was off. It was clear he didn't want to be there, but he also didn't want to ruin his image by publicly requesting a trade. But we, we know he did it behind the closed door. So I don't blame the Seahawks fans at all. How about you? Yeah, I loved it, man. Look, you know, there's a competitive spirit. I think we watch the sport for a competitive feel to the game, right? We have our teams that we vote for or root against, even if we fans or just part-time fans of a team. Normally, we go into every game with a team we want to win, whether we financially or invested in that team or whatnot. So, you know, I don't want to take that aspect of the game away. You know, you don't play for my team. You're not wearing my jersey. So why am I cheering for you? Because I want my team, who I've been a fan for, for 40 years to win this game. It's simple as that. And when you talk about all those Seattle players that used to play for the team, former players, you know, there was one point in time where they did not like Russell Wilson. And that was public knowledge, right? There was a whole divide with Russell Wilson in the defense and Pete Carroll chose to side with Russell Wilson. People forgot about that. And then Russell Wilson turned back, you know, and, you know, did what he did. So I'm not mad at it. You know, Russell Wilson knew what the deal was and Claire, they didn't get the victory. Seattle did. And now we're moving on. 